Well, hello everyone and welcome to another fun-filled treasure packed episode of Fresh Brains podcast. With you as always, I'm your host Scott and I'm Brian. Treasure packed, huh? Yeah, well, I guess I probably shouldn't promise too much, but you never know what'll happen. <laughs> That's how you got me to do this in the first place. No. <laughs> oh, well, we're here. It is now the tail end of December, uh, basically smack dab between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of feeling the holiday hangover and I'm kind of ready for life to go back to normal. How about you? Yeah, I think I'm just getting over my real hangover from the holiday. Uh, <laughs> but... uh yeah, no, I've uh, I'm not quite ready for it to go back to normal. I I think I spent too much of my time off with family so far. So yeah, a couple more days to chill, watch some movies, and then I'll be good. Yeah, I am looking forward to. I'm I'm off work this whole week, so you know yeah. I, I don't have to go back until I think the the third. Um, nice. So that's nice, and it's just you know allowing me some time to chill and take it easy, but. Yeah, I also didn't do any of the like major family get togethers of, you know, oh, spend a whole week with out of town relatives and all that. I mean, like that can that can be a little bit much sometime. You know, we do the the afternoon here with the in-laws or the day with mm. the the family, but not the long extended out of town trips and I don't know. Yeah. I I just think that's a bit much. It could really kind of frazzle you. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's fun for the first day or so and then it's just i think you can just describe it as intense <laughs> yeah so but enjoyable intense you know you sort of need a vacation from your vacation at that point right yeah or it gets to the point where it's like i always found that like every year the amount of small talk was becoming more and more and also like required more and more effort <laughs> just because <laughs> it's like i see people even less so it's like i don't even know what to say anymore but you know it's basically 20 minutes of just having the same conversation with distant relatives before you're just like all right i'm out (laughs) can i get you a drink yeah right (laughs) (laughs) so anyway um yeah i know i i was kind of trying to think about what episode or what movie we could do tonight and um the the reason that I chose what I did was, you know, twofold. One is it was one we were going to do a few weeks ago and then, you know, life happened and things got in the way and we had to delay. But also then as it was coming back around, I'm like, well, should we do that or do something else? And it's just like, it just fits. But um, yeah, tonight we're going to talk about Psycho, which I just think, you know, given, (laughs) given how most people's mental state is this time of year, it's uh. (laughs) That's kind of appropriate. Oh, crap. Cool. That's awesome. Oh, I'm super psyched for this. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I I would say this is one of the movies that people would be the most surprised that you haven't seen. Um, 1960 Alfred Hitchcock movie. Do you know anything about Psycho? Um, I mean, I've seen clips of it, I have to say. So I've seen parts of the shower scene, I guess. That kind of a thing. Um, But other than that, not really. Um, 
Yeah, no, not so much. I think I was going to watch it one time, and then I ended up not getting to watch it. So that's that's pretty much it. But it's always okay. been on my list. It's just, I think before I met you, Scott, and started learning a little bit about horror, I, you know, I was definitely guilty of, as I think I'm starting to get a feeling that the horror movie industry thinks as well, uh, I didn't really go back and watch old movies because I thought they were out of date. Mm. But I'm also getting the feeling that they're not, especially since Black Christmas is now my new favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> awesome. Oh, it's such a good movie. I am going to rewatch it again, I think, like this week. Yeah, and I mean, that one even isn't that old. I mean, 70s is it's coming pretty damn close to my lifetime, so it's kind of hurts me to say that you think that that's an old movie but um yeah well I mean, it's not you know it's not black and white but i think you know i think you've said this in a more elegant way in other episodes i think movies are sort of a little different now i guess like the pacing mm -hmm. is totally different they're always sure. trying to tell you like three stories at once in movies these days it kind of drives me nuts but um but yeah, no, I just, I really thought that movie was fantastic. Great slasher. Yeah, so, and you're right, you know, pacing and, and um, I guess just the overall tempo of movies has, has definitely changed. And there have been some, some pretty big, I guess, milestones of where things have really kind of turned a corner. And this movie taking, you know, that was like I said, filmed in 1960, or at least released in 1960, uh, was kind of right at the the start of a breaking point. So mm -hmm. everything previous to this had been very family-friendly, even though it was horror, you know, like your old Universal Studios movies, your monster movies of the 50s. Um, I don't think, you know, kids were actually going to see those movies, but especially by today's standards, like they're very tame, they're very PG. And that was fine. Um, it, and it was around this time that I think people were starting to want to push the envelope a little bit more. And Hitchcock was one of those that really, really tried to push every envelope he could. Um, and there are still lots of things that his, you know, hands were tied, like he couldn't do certain things. You definitely couldn't show sex. You shouldn't, couldn't show toilets. You couldn't show all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss kind of after you see the movie, but um, I'll try to remember as many examples as I can of just things that he did to, to push that envelope, which now today watching this in 2022, probably won't be as significant to you but i think if, if you could put yourself in 1960s shoes you know there was a lot of stuff that was very controversial and shocking about what he did and yeah it was him being that pioneer trying to just kind of like take the next step or the next evolution of of horror and and make it into something new and more i guess sensational more shocking more in, entertaining i think from his perspective um and you know to do that you had to push the envelope and, and go to the next level um hitchcock also was you know self-proclaimed but also 
proclaimed by many, many people to be the master of suspense. So, Mm -hmm. you know, his, his style is one that like really does kind of keep you on the edge of your seat, whether the plot or the, the, movie itself is actually scary like there's an there's a different undertone that you usually have to kind of get on board with that um i don't know i've 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 watched some of his movies multiple times and said like yeah i wouldn't call that scary but then once you watch it a couple of times or think about it from a, a more cerebral or from a um suspenseful level it's like okay yeah i can get where this works um some are more effective than others i'm not gonna sit here and just sing Hitchcock's praises because I, th- I think in a lot of cases his movies work in some cases they don't um, but that's you know the joy of personal preference um, mm. so this is definitely one of his most famous if not the most famous movie um, especially for horror fans I think mm. that so many of his movies kind of tiptoe between suspense thriller crime drama action you know um, horror whatever but like this is one of two, maybe three that are, you know, I guess claimed by horror fans. Cool. Yeah. He did strangers on a train and North by Northwest, right? Correct. And did he also, he also did like a little, I think I've seen some of his, he did like a horror series. I don't know if it was like a weekly or a biweekly thing. Right. Uh, he did Alfred Hitchcock presents. Yeah, I've seen some of that, and, I, and right. I've seen North by Northwest. I'm not sure if I've seen Strangers on a Train or just heard a lot about it. But I remember you mentioning one time he was trying to intimate that uh, he was trying to intimate that two characters were getting intimate by and by showing the train going through a tunnel. And you mentioned right. he got in trouble for that or something. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, well, it goes wild. hand in hand with like the things you just couldn't show. You couldn't show yeah. people having sex or about to have sex. You couldn't show toilets. Um, you couldn't yeah, show was, toilets. No. Like nope. they just don't. It didn't exist. Like there's no such I, thing. Or? I think they just assumed that everybody in the '60s just didn't poop. Huh. Like it's yeah, like you North just Korea. you can't. You could not show toilets or bathrooms in from certain angles. Like yep. Couldn't do it. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yep. But now that you mention it, I'll probably start noticing that. <laughs> um, but yeah, North by Northwest is one that I, I I actually just saw that for the first time earlier this year. Oh. Um, and yeah, that's that's a good one of not so much horror, but just does a good job of kind of keeping you on the edge of your seat through yeah through the running time. Um, yeah, the birds is another big one of his. Uh, I haven't seen that one actually. That a lot, a lot of it. a lot of horror fans claim claim the birds as well. But yeah, so I'm excited for you to see this. I don't want to say too much because I think there are some some pretty big spoilers and twists here. Um, this movie, the one thing I will say is, you know, kind of going back to what we've talked about with. Um, William Castle a few episodes ago, Hitchcock was a showman who definitely believed that the theater experience was kind of sacred and important and um, like treasured. So like for this movie in particular, he had a uh, rule that like 
theaters were not allowed to let patrons in the door once the movie started. So if you showed up late, tough, you weren't getting in. Um, and there, there are reasons for that that I'll, I'll kind of talk about afterward. But um, mm. yeah, it was just interesting that that was like a big selling point or a big um, push for him is that he just believed that you know, the theater had to be kind of the sacred space. But um, but yeah, like, like I said, I don't want to say too much. I think there's some things that can be spoiled. Um, mostly I'm just kind of excited to see how you think this movie holds up. Um, it's definitely one that's put on a pedestal. And like, if you just start Googling or searching for lists of, you know, top five horror films of all time, I think this is one of maybe three movies that's almost guaranteed to be in, you know, or if you, if you search for the greatest horror movies of all time, this, this is one of three movies that almost always makes it into the top five somewhere. So what does that deserve it? I mean, is it really that good? I, I don't know. I would say that, you know, your opinion will will help us decide. No pressure. <laughs> oh yeah, my humble opinion. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So uh yeah. all right. Yep. Shall we do it? And I I got nothing else to say, so um I'm going to go shut the lights off and get some popcorn and we'll be back in a, just a couple minutes with our fresh thoughts on Psycho. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So I'm guessing based on your reactions, I don't need to ask what you thought. (laughs) Yeah, I loved it again. Uh, another good one. Shit. Although I wouldn't say it was scary. It was it was suspenseful and I was on the edge of my seat like pins and needles, but I wasn't super scared. Yeah, and I think that, you know, goes along with what we were saying about Hitchcock. Like I don't I personally don't find his movies frightening. Um I I guess you know, it's hard to say, but I mean, putting yourself in 1960 shoes would, when, you know, mental illness was so less understood, um, you know, I, I would assume that that would have been a more frightening kind of thing. Um, especially, you know, the the scene that always kind of seems so strange to me, and I, I should just say, you know, in case listeners are, if this is your first episode, uh, we will spoil everything about Psycho now. Um, but one of the things that's so interesting to me in in this movie is that that last scene or the second to last scene where the psychiatrist is giving the whole diatribe about what, you know, Norman's mental illness is. And it's the kind of thing where I think a good portion of that kind of went without saying, like, I think by the time we got the reveal, we had pretty much figured it all out. Um, but I also think that our understanding of that is because we're coming at it from 
2022 sensibilities and 2022 understanding of mental illness, not 1960 understanding. I mean, yeah, it's true. The the one cop when he was like, well, why was he dressed in a in you know a nightgown? It's like, well, because he was a transvestite. And it's like, well, yeah, that's a pretty <laughs> you know clo- close-minded, ignorant understanding of any of this. But um, so yeah, I mean, I I guess that would be the one way that I would say it's air quotes scary is just having no real understanding of mental illness, multiple personality disorder, any of that. And to think like, wow, somebody could just go crazy like that and murder their family and, or your murder, their mother, murder their mother's boyfriend, and then take on this alternate personality that they don't even know that they're switching over to. Like I could see that being frightening. Yeah. I mean, I think the idea is very frightening. I think maybe the only reason I I would say I'm not frightened is because I've been desensitized, maybe, is sort of the word. Yeah, sure. Yeah? I I don't know. I I would say that that was an intensely satisfying movie, though. It was, uh, I was always on the edge of my seat. I was always thinking about what was going to happen next. And... um, yeah, it was just, it was a fun ride. I felt sort of like enthralled, like the whole movie, I think. I don't think there was a point where I was like, come on, keep going. Not not once. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and what's funny about how this movie goes, too, is that um, a lot of Hitchcock's movies are longer. Um, I, I don't know the running times of, of most of them, but I feel like North by Northwest might be one that, you know, this two hours or more. Mm. Um, there's a couple like that, that, and this, that's what I thought psycho was too. And when we were talking about doing it on the show, I mean, that was my big debate was like, and by the time we record and watch a movie like that's going to make for a real long movie or long night, if this is a two hours plus movie, but it mm. isn't, it's an hour and 40 minutes. And yeah. I think, I think that because it's so full, like that hour and 40 yeah. minutes, there's not a second of downtime. And, you know, basically from the first scene, we kind of pick up and, and get going and don't really drag at all. So it's 145 or 140 very, very dense minutes, <laughs> which makes yeah. it feel much longer. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I liked how they killed off. I think I think you mentioned something like this when we were watching, but I liked the the sandwich version of the movie. It was like first half, second half. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great because it's kind of like um, I think always like the worst bad dreams I've ever had are the ones where like something awful happens and then the dream doesn't stop. And I uh, I just thought that that was a really cool cool. I like it when movies do that. Although I'm guessing this is probably one of the the first ones to have ever done that. Yeah, I, I can't speak on that, but I, I can, you know, say that kind of, as I mentioned while we were watching it, that that whole twist of, you know, Janet Lee being killed off halfway through was mm-hmm. just, you know, mind blowing at the time, yeah. um, you know, to, for the listeners who don't understand, like Janet Lee was a huge, huge actress at the time. And, 
you know, she was plastered on all of the posters, all of the artwork, all the promotional stuff like this was going to be a Janet Lee film. And to then basically halfway through the movie, kill her off the and not only kill her off, but I mean, right after that, then Norman goes and takes basically every scrap of evidence that she existed and gets rid of it. And so that does two things to the viewers. One, it leaves them saying, well, what's going to happen next? Because they were sitting in the theater to see a Janet Lee movie. Well, now (laughs) if you take away (laughs) the, the, the character that they know, the actress that they know, it's like, what am I supposed to do for the next 48 minutes? And they have zero expectations. Um, it's their own personal trap. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, but so the good. other thing that it does, too, is the fact that Norman does such a good job of cleaning up all yeah. the the details. Like, you know, you even made a comment of like, oh, he left the paper there with the money. And in a normal movie or modern movie, like, yeah, that would have been the piece that was going to carry us into the next act. But then he goes back in, he grabs that. Yeah. Including the mop and the bucket drops the car in the swamp. And it's like, okay, so now not only do we not have our main, you know, lead actress, but all of the story that we've been building for the last 45 minutes basically just got reset. Yeah. Yeah, it takes a very, very different turn than from that point forward. Yeah, it's it was a cool movie. I really enjoyed it. Oh, and the scene, it had so many good scenes in it. Like the detective is just well, the swamp scenes were great. Like the first the first scene where you watch him push the car into the swamp and I'm thinking oh, fuck, it's just going to sink and be gone forever. And he's going to totally get away with it. Like, what? The, and then it stops. And you see him fretting like, oh, shit. And I start to think, how many cars does he have in there? Uh-huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then and then it goes in, and then he smiles. And it's like, oh, God. <laughs> it's, oh, man. And then it happened again, right? And there was so many, like, I think, I don't know, I think I knew there was a twist with this one. And I think they didn't, like, I didn't see in the beginning scene, the shower scene, it was definitely him actually dressed up as the mom when he did that. Because I was like, that that could be a guy. And then I kind of thought, maybe it's him just dressing up as the mom. And, oh, he's a taxidermist. And, but then they, like, keep throwing you curveballs like oh he's out by the swamp and the mom's in there and i'm like what the fuck what's going on <laughs> it was so much fun to sort of like yeah anyway it was super creepy. yeah they they do a good job of keeping keeping you guessing with what's going on with the mom because and it's it's easier to see those scenes um when you've watched it, you know, multiple times, because like this time watching it, like, okay, I knew that the mom was dead and, you know, her corpse was in the the room or the house. But like, as, as scenes are going along, they do a good job of kind of throwing you off. So like, yeah, when he was 
out by the hotel, but then they look up and, oh, you can see her sitting in the window. Well, she's not always in the window. Like, that's the only scene that she happens to be there. Um, yeah. But it was just enough that if you're watching it for the first time, you'd go, oh, yeah, there is somebody up there. Like, that's the mom. Um, the conversations that he has you know, between himself and the mom. There's a great scene where uh, after he gets done having dinner with Janet Lee, he he doesn't end up eating anything there. He, like, brought dinner down to her because the the story was like, oh, his mom didn't want Janet to come into the house. So he then goes back to the house, presumably to have dinner with his mom. And they, they have this great angle of the kitchen where he like walks into the kitchen. He sits down, turns and like looks off to the right. But the other half of the table is blocked. Like you can't see it from the doorway, but (laughs) It's but it makes you think like the chair. Yeah, he, he sat down oh. to have dinner with his mom. That's what he but, was looking at. When he was yeah. like, oh, but they intentionally don't show you that. But it makes it very obvious. It's like, oh, yeah, that's what he's doing. He's just going to have dinner with his mom. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, it was creepy. And I was but I was like, but he's doing the voices and then. But I think I've seen stuff, I guess, sort of like this. And so I kind of have, it's like, oh, maybe he's like doing the mom impersonation. I don't know. It was still intensely satisfying. It was really good. Yeah. And the only part of it that doesn't quite work for me is when Janet Lee first shows up at the motel Mm -hmm. and. Uh, Norman goes up to the, to the house and like the, this is the very first time we learn that, you know, there is a mom and he kind of has a fight with her and she's like, you know, she's not coming up to this house, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like Norman and the mom are fighting, but Janet Lee is in her hotel or her motel room down at the bottom of the hill, hearing this conversation. Yeah. Like there's, there's no way like, that you would hear that conversation. You know, even if Norman and his mom were right outside the window, like, that would be the only way that I could see it. But for them to be up that hill inside a closed house, it is not happening. And yeah, I kind of movie magic. I see what you mean. I agree. Do you, do you think that, I mean, do you think that they were just in the other room or I, I don't know. They didn't have any like screens on any of the windows. Maybe the, the window was open. But. I, I thought, Potentially, but I, I feel like he says something shortly thereafter to, to imply like, oh, oh, mom's up at the house or like he comes down from the house then right after that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he comes down from the house with the tray. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it just doesn't make sense. And I was thinking like, oh, we we as the audience are just hearing the conversation. But then when he sees Janet Lee and her first comment is like, I got you in trouble or something like that, like it's. It's like, oh, clearly she heard that, but she's like, you, you didn't, you couldn't have heard that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I loved, I loved when, uh, I think one of my favorite parts of this movie is when the the private detective is questioning him, and he's just like lying and lying and lying. Somehow that was like, that was one of the most 
I was like on the edge of my seat the most for that because I was like keeping up with I felt like I was keeping up with a detective like oh wait that doesn't make any sense and the detective's like hmm you know what you just said there sounds kind of like a lie (laughs) I don't know yeah I think that scene does a good job for me of just proving that you know that that motel has no visitors because yeah I think obviously Norman does a good job of covering his tracks. Like as soon as the murder happens, like he doesn't panic or think like, Oh shit, how do I cover this up? Like, Nope, he knows what to do and takes care of it right away. And, um, does it pretty effortlessly, but he obviously hasn't thought through the little details of, Oh, there's going to be the, her signature in the book and there's going to be this evidence and there's going to be all this stuff. And, because probably in his mind, well, this isn't ever going to come back to me. Like we already know that it's actually happened two previous times. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause we learned that at the very end, there's two other girls that are missing that are probably dead in that swamp too. <laughs> Nobody ever came looking for them. So he's probably didn't think he has to cover his tracks or plan an alibi because who the fuck's going to come looking for, <laughs> for her at that place. Yeah. So, yeah, I really like the way that scene was acted. Um, He does a a very good job of just being flustered and still keeping his composure, but just Mm -hmm. quickly changing his story. Um, I I think that that scene, you know, contrasts very well to when um, Sam is talking to him later and, you know, Sam's trying to distract him so that... um, the sister could go up to the house and talk to the mom, but the way Sam is just, it's drilling into him. (laughs) Yeah. But even before he starts drilling, like Norman has a completely different composure. Cause when, when the, the detectives talking to him, he's so friendly and is nice. And it's just like, Oh yeah. Well, Oh yeah, that, that, that's right. That girl did come and like, Oh yeah, let me tell you, I'll show you the books. And he was very cooperative, very, accommodating very you know friendly but when sam's talking to him like even before sam started getting really um belligerent it norma's just like not responding to anything and sam even says like well i'm the one doing all the talking here and norma's just like "Mm mm-hmm and he's like you'd you'd think you'd be lonely up here and he goes you know and just he's like grunting and making noises but he won't even like acknowledge him or talk Mm. um, almost like he's toying with him he's like yeah i I know what you're doing and i'm not gonna play along so yeah i just find it interesting how he plays that off very very differently in those two scenes yeah i think i think the scenes in this movie were so good and i really liked the dialogue a lot like i think if if you if you think about this movie and then you think about what was that other movie we watched the black and white one the haunted house on haunted hill or something yeah Right. Like the dialogue in that, a lot of it, it would have never worked unless, except for um, crap. What's what's the, the it's main, price, except for price. If price hadn't been in there, the dialogue in that movie, it just was like pretty artificial, I thought. But like in this movie. I was just sort of taken aback by how. Normal, I guess some of the people sounded like, oh, it's just like 
your normal creepy motel guy getting into an awkwardly personal conversation because you decided you were going to follow him into his bird nest den <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. It was like surprisingly deep, kind of a deep conversation, I thought, like their own personal traps. And that was super creepy because she's like in a trap of her own making there, but she doesn't really know it. She thinks she's in a different trap. I don't know. Well, and I always find it interesting, too, that and it's probably what makes her so much more sympathetic is that, you know, before she dies, she basically has a change of heart. And she's like, yeah. well, I'm going to figure out how to make this right. And she she regrets stealing the money. She's doing a little bit of math there to try to figure out, like, OK, how much did I spend so that I can figure out how I can pay this back and her plan is to wake up in the morning and drive back and basically try to make amends for, for doing something wrong. And it's, yeah. you know, that, that, that helps to make her more sympathetic for sure. Uh, which is all the more tragic that then she's going to get stabbed to death in the shower. Um, Never gets a chance. But yeah, I think Norman does a, or Anthony Perkins does a good job in that scene too of his acting well, where they're having dinner because he's starting to let on a little bit that, yeah, he's kind of crazy yep. and it's never like full in your face. And, you know, I, I wonder when audiences saw this for the first time and they see, okay, the movie's titled psycho. Is that their first hint that, Oh, he's the crazy person or, or not? Like how, how did they take that? I, I wonder, yeah. um, but yeah, it was just, it's an interesting scene. Another great example of just Anthony Perkins doing a phenomenal job acting. Yeah, he was really good. I mean, I took that scene as, oh, his mother is probably the psycho until I saw like a glimpse of him, her in the bathroom, I guess, in the shower, somebody was killing her. But yeah. Yeah, see, I don't know how many people would have picked up on that, that that was him in, in that shower scene. Um, yeah, I I'm, think I must have heard that there's like a twist or you said this movie keeps you guessing or I don't know. Not not that it's your fault. I I know I've seen scenes from this movie before. So it's I think this this movie's not even if you haven't seen it, you've you've seen pieces of it, I guess, in just in today's culture. Oh yeah, I mean the shower scene has been parodied so and recreated so 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 many times. Yeah. So but man, yeah, would watch it again. Might might watch it again soon, actually. That's a good one. Well, and if you're really intrigued, there's there's three sequels. Um, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. No, I've never heard of them. Are they are they anything good? I I, I can't say I've I've not seen two or three. Uh, oh. I tended tended to avoid them just as I do most sequels until I have reason to to go and watch them um <laughs> i caught part four on tv one day years ago and i didn't even realize what i was watching until you know at some point i flipped to the tv guide channel and was like oh shit i'm watching psycho four like i didn't even know that that's what it was but it had some weird god i can't even remember the plot now some listeners are going to correct me on this but um <laughs> it it had Anthony Perkins again, and I kind of feel like maybe two and three didn't. But again, I haven't seen those. I don't know. 
Um, but the the plot was somehow something to do with there was like a radio call in show or a radio psychiatrist or somebody was talking about the events of the first psycho and Norman Bates end up ends up like calling in as a guest on the show. And I forget if he like tells them, yeah, like, yeah, I'm Norman or if he tells them and they don't believe him or he doesn't tell them. And that's like the surprise or something. I, I really don't remember the details of the plot at all, but that's vaguely what I remember. And, um, I remember him being really good, like his acting is is great, but it felt very weird because at least the parts I saw, it was just him basically standing in a kitchen talking on the phone. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I, I don't remember much more than that. So, and I'm sure that what I just said is probably also inaccurate because it's been several years. <laughs> weird. That's a strange one. But yeah, if if listeners out there have seen two, three, or four, and can say whether they're good, bad, worth watching, should avoid, uh, speak up, because I, I don't have the first clue. Huh. I can't believe they made, did they only make four, I guess? I, that's that's all, seems like a lot. Did, did uh, Alfred Hitchcock direct any of them? No, I don't think he had anything to do with them. Okay, yeah, that sort of makes sense then. Um, huh. Let's see, I can look them up real quick and... See, I don't even know the years that they each came out. Let's see. Psycho 2. Psycho 2, All-American Girl. Oh, no, it's American Psycho 2. Just kidding. Um, Psycho Santa 2. No. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Psycho. So Psycho 2 was 1983, you know, so 23 years after the original. Um, It does star anthony perkins it looks like but yeah what what it is let's see after 22 years of psychiatric care norma bates attempts to return to life to a life of solitude but the specters of his crimes and his mother continue to haunt him Uh, he got let out like what the hell killed four people huh and let's see what psycho 3 is all about Psycho 3 was 86, so a couple years after that. Also, Anthony Perkins. Norman Bates falls in love with a fallen nun who stays at the Bates Motel alongside a drifter and a curious reporter. Meanwhile, Mother is still watching. Yeah, it sounds like a cash-in to me. (laughs) Yeah. While we're at it, why not just go ahead and take a look? Psycho 4, let's see. Psycho 4, the beginning. Norman Bates recalls his childhood with his abusive mother while fearing his unborn child will inherit his spirit or his split personality disorder from 1990. What the fuck? Are you joking? Nope. Holy crap. Although some of these sound so bad that I might be interested in watching them. <laughs> oh, but uh, Norma Bates, the mom, was played by Olivia, Olivia Hussey, who was in um, Black Christmas last week. So there. Oh, oh, shit. That's interesting. Throwback to last episode. Cool. So That's pretty funny. 
Yeah, I feel like I don't have any more insight as to whether Psycho 2, 3, or 4 are worth watching or not. <laughs> huh. So, anyway, we'll leave that to the listeners. If you know or have recommendations, chime in. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I have a whole lot more to say about Psycho. This is your first experience, so any any parting words or anything else you wanted to talk about with the movie? Um, yeah, I don't know. I... I would say it's just like a, it was definitely intense. It was, kept me on the edge of my seat the whole time. It was, uh, yeah, I think satisfying is the word that keeps coming to my mind. It's, it's nice to sort of like neatly wound up. Oh, the, uh, the ending scene. I loved the ending scene where he, it's sort of like a zoom in on him in his cell and he's like still in the mind of his deceased mom acting like an old lady mm-hmm. <laughs> that was great and then they they overlay the image of the corpse on top of his super creepy stare at the end it was awesome yeah did a really good job yeah i'd love to see this movie in theaters i think I wonder if i can find it playing anywhere anytime i feel like i saw it on the big screen years ago just like one of those kind of throwback weekends or something but yeah Yeah. it's good cool well thanks all right well um and if if any listeners have uh suggestions on future hitchcock movies we should watch or psycho sequels or anything else um you can find us on instagram and facebook um we're there as fresh brains podcast you can also email us fresh brains podcast at gmail.com And as always, if you haven't had a chance to, we suggest and ask that you'd head over to iTunes and give us a little uh, review. Uh, Honest review. We'll take good and bad reviews, but, um, you know, just helps us get our our name out there and uh, circulate a little bit more. So um, other than that, I don't really have a whole lot to say. Uh, We'll be back next week, although I think, Brian, you said you've got to take the week off. So we've got a special guest sitting in. next week for a for a new episode um but yeah uh until next time we meet i'm scott and i'm brian and just remember mother's watching (laughs) 